Blog Talk Radio. of Mike Bozich for another rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Well, Mike, it's been an absolutely fantastic week here in Cleveland. We're under beautiful skies today, and uh, I'm not at Hoosier Park, but I am back home. Yeah, certainly. It's beautiful blue uh, weather here today, and we had a fantastic card at Harris, Philadelphia, 14 races, another race card in the books. But, Mike, we've got a fantastic show coming up for you today. We've got four newbies on the show, if you will, and uh, we're going to lead off the show in a few minutes by talking to uh, Meadows photographer Chris Gooden. We may talk a little photography, uh, but what we're going to talk about mainly is his new venture, Facebook Live and what he's been doing, he's been uh, going on Facebook Live and taking us behind the scenes in the paddock at the Meadows. And it's something that's kind of caught on, Mike. We were talking uh, before we got on the air about how Tampa Bay Downs has been doing it for a little while on Periscope. And now in your neck of the woods, uh, the uh, OHHA rep, uh, Amy Holler, has been doing the same thing at Northfield. So this is something that's catching on and we want to uh, see what it's all about. So Chris Gooden will join us in uh, just a couple of minutes. Harness Racing Historian. He's done a lot of things for Harness Racing, Mike, but uh, I like to call him a Harness Racing Historian because uh, he is. Freddie Hudson's going to join us. He's got a brand new website dedicated to uh, the once great Roosevelt Raceway, and we'll talk to Freddie about that and his experiences in the business. Also, a pair of trainers. Eric L. trains trotting superstar J.L. Cruz, last year's older trotter of the year, and the J.L. Cruz started uh, 2016 in uh, good fashion, Mike. He's one his first two races so we'll talk to eric about his trotting superstar as well as trainer pete tritton he'll be joining us to talk about bit of a legend and what a big showdown uh it's going to be for the fourth uh, the fifth and final leg of the uh, george morton levy is bit of a legend will hook up with wiggle it jiggle it come saturday so we've got a jam-packed show for you mike yeah, Mike, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, you know, I, I can't wait to talk to some of these guys, especially um, to Peter Tritton, because bit of a legend just kind of, uh, came, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but he came from New Zealand, 
and uh, racing overseas in Australia and New Zealand and has really taken uh, Yonkers by storm, winning the last uh, four races. So it'll be fun to hear what he has to say about his upcoming showdown with Horse of the Year, Wiggle It, Jiggle It. Well, certainly. This was a horse, Mike, that has had a lot of success overseas and uh, came here probably not as much fanfare as he should have gotten because he was a really nice horse overseas and uh, came here and has really taken to the Yonkers half mile, has shined here in the George Morton Levy, has the post advantage over the great one, Wiggle It, Jiggle It, who once again will draw post seven. It's going to be very interesting to see how that race shapes up. And uh, maybe we'll even talk to Pete a little bit about uh, his mare, Celebit. She's fan- uh, performing fantastically in the blue chip matchmaker. She's won two of her last three. She was the heavy favorite last time out, got in a bit of road trouble and is certainly looking to rebound today. So, uh, you know, Pete's got a a couple of good horses in there, and we'll talk to uh, him about both of them. Yeah, definitely. And, Mike, uh, for those of you who may have missed our uh, big news a couple of weeks ago, we're going to the Breeders' Crown. And, uh, Mike, I tell you, this is a trip that I cannot wait to take. It's our first uh, live radio venture, so to speak. Uh, We're going to be live at the Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment on October 28th and 29th. I believe I got those dates right. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I have your courtside seat. All you have to do is tune into Post Time with Mike and Mike, and we're going to have a lot of different things planned uh, for the Breeders' Crown. We're going to be doing some giveaways leading up to it. It's going to be a fantastic experience to be there. It all comes down to the crown. That's what they say. And with the way the harness racing world is shaping up with all these talented horses going to be locking heads leading up to the Breeders' Crown, it could be a really, really big night, a Breeders' Crown for the memory, and you'd be able to catch all of it right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Yeah, Mike, that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Well, Mike, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back on the backside of this commercial, we're going to talk to Chris Gooden, the photographer at the Meadows Racetrack and Casino. We'll be right back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program we're back on post time with mike and mike mike bozich alongside of mike carter on this beautiful thursday night across most of the country and right now we're joined by the photographer at the meadows racing and casino chris good and chris how are you good gentlemen how are you Certainly appreciate you joining us on this Thursday night, and you've done something, my friend. You've done something. I think you may 
have started something because we're starting to see it pop up all over. The last couple of weeks, you've been doing this Facebook Live broadcast, a video that's really giving racing fans and racing enthusiasts a sneak peek into the backstretch and into the paddock of the Meadows. How did this come about? Where did the idea come from? Uh, funny enough, it actually started with uh, Dan Rawlings' wife, Carol Lee. Um, Heather Wilder and I, uh, she works PR for the Meadows Standard Red Owners Association at the Meadows. Uh, she's basically their social media guru there. Um, we had both started talking about seeing this live thing on Facebook, and we had no idea about it, like any knowledge of it or what it actually was. So I looked into it, and I'm like, you know, this might be something that, that I could use to to garner more people to be interested in what goes on in the backside and, and, and BAML have actual live racing from our side too, for people that, you know, can't necessarily get to a computer or whose phones can't access the Meadows racing website to be able to watch it on there. So basically that's where it came from. Now, Chris, uh, I talked with the there where they kind of hesitated at first or did they kind of the idea? Sarah with me a little bit. <laughs> Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, I was going to say, on the backside, you talked to, like, Aaron Merriman and a couple of drivers back there. Did they really become like, real receptive of it, or was it kind of hard to get the point first? Uh, it goes back and forth. It's a little hit or miss. Um, there are some people that still, you know, they're set in their ways, and some people don't like to be on camera. But then you have people like Aaron, who's just, like, a media darling. He just he just grabs the spotlight and runs with it. And, uh He's actually going to be doing more interviews for us over the summer. Um, we're going to use him in the paddock and uh, besides Heather and myself. You know, so you've got a lot of, you've like got a lot of good, you've got a lot of good media people over there. I mean, Aaron Merriman's a, a kind of guy. He's, I mean, he's been on our show before, always a sensible, um, you know, you've got some good guys over there to talk to. Um, give us an idea of the equipment. Now, is this something that you do, that you do on your phone or do you have a, 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 like a camera that you go around with? What, what, uh, give us a little bit of the equipment details of this thing here. Actually, Facebook live is only available right now on mobile phones. Uh, they just had the, I think it's the GA conference. I may be wrong with that, where Facebook actually opened up the software to be able to use on other platforms. So there are actual cameras coming out. Uh, within, I think the first one that they're doing is coming out in July that you'll have the option to be able to actually click on the screen and be able to like view this person and change it and view this person where it actually looks like it's a TV studio. But right now, yes, just phones. Um, I'm using a Sam, the newest Samsung S7 Galaxy, uh, best camera as far as lighting and dark paddocks and such. But uh, I had to actually go out and get a new phone set up because the amount of bandwidth that live feed takes up, uh, you can go through some gigabytes pretty quick. <laughs> now, Chris, talk to us a little bit about how you got started in, uh, you know, in the business taking pictures at, uh, at the Meadows. Was it just kind of a thing that fell into your lap or something you've done for a while? Uh, as the business with the Meadows, it kind of fell into my lap. My previous wife was married or married. Excuse me. My previous wife was friends with the track photographer at the Meadows. I had nothing to do with horse racing, um, but I was just becoming a photographer at the time. So he hired me, and I started working for him, and that was in 1999. And in 2002, he decided to retire, and he's a judge now, and also runs the, uh, the teletimer at the Meadows. So I took over in 2002, and I've been the track photographer there ever since. 
joining uh, Chris Gooden visiting with us, the photographer at the Meadows, and uh, I guess the uh, I don't I don't know if it's the creator, but it's certainly something new for our business. Uh, Facebook Live broadcasting live from the Meadows, giving us uh, all back uh, kind of backstage passes, if you will, to see what uh, goes on in the in the backstretch and in the paddock before the races, after the races, and so forth. Now, Chris. You know, there's kind of an old saying that, you know, if, if you've got a business that's struggling and you want to bring it to the people, you have to do just that. You have to bring it to the people. The, the old age-old adage of build it and they will come that necessarily is not the case anymore. Do you see this, uh, this concept of Facebook Live and trying to bring the sport to the people, do you see this concept evolving further in our business? I sure hope so. To me, it looks like it's going to. Uh, right out of the gate in the first week, um, with Facebook Live, you can actually you can watch the counter and you can watch how many views you get. You can interact with the people either by typing or actually speaking to them, and you can see the comments that they're making. Um, the second day out of the gate that I did it, I know in the 15 races I had over 1,000 views right out of the gate, and I was very happy with that. We've done interviews with Aaron where – after a four hour time, I've had four and 5,000 views of the videos. So I know people are, are becoming receptive to it. Um, I have, we've had owners that, uh, I've, that I can see as they come on and, and, and tune into the video that I know that like I had an owner that was in China watching racing. Uh, I just had comments the other day about people from Germany. that are happy to be able to see this side of it people that used to work at the meadows that are around the country now at other horse venues or other jobs are thanking us for being able to see the things that go on behind the stage. And we'll be putting the one thing that we've kind of held back a little bit, but we are getting Wi-Fi in our paddock, which is going to give us the opportunity to be able to film anywhere we want to in there. Uh, Cause we had a little bit of a dead zone in the middle of our paddock where races five, six, seven, and eight and race 15 are, and it's kind of a little dead zone there where we weren't getting any footage, but that will be taken care of and I'm hoping to get that done by stake season. Terrific. Chris, where can people find you on social media if they'd like to follow along? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm under Chris Gooden. It's a public page. So you don't even have to have an account to watch the videos on Twitter. I'm C Gooden photos on Instagram. I'm Chris Gooden photos. Um, you can email me at track photo at Chris um, that's pretty much everywhere that I am on on social media. Fantastic. Nice job, my friend. Keep it up, my friend. We're uh, certainly going to be watching, and we hope everybody watches because it's a great thing, and uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us, Chris. Uh, no problem. Thank you. And just throw that plug out there for Heather Wilder because if, if I didn't have her, I wouldn't be able to do this all by myself. Cause it's, he- it's, Heather's, it's Heather's terrific. Yeah, she's, she, she's fantastic. No question about it. Chris, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, Chris Gruden, the photographer at the Meadows, doing a fantastic thing with Facebook Live. And like I said, Mike, we talked a little bit about before we, you know, before we came on the air, we talked about how this thing's kind of growing. And every morning, and of course, we're Periscope guys, and you'll be seeing us on Periscope a little later on. Every morning, my Periscope thing rings on my iPad, and it's Tampa Bay Live, Tampa Bay in the mornings. I think they start at 9 or 930 and they do a ter- terrific broadcast, and now you see what Chris is doing. You see what Amy's doing down at your place, and it's uh, it's really a good thing that to see that harness racing is utilizing social media to try to create new fans. 
Uh, I've watched some of Chris Good and stuff, and it, it was funny to watch Aaron Merriman with Eric Goodell's helmet and kind of walk around and, you know, joke about it a little bit. But uh, it, it's definitely interesting, and it's a lot of fun. No question about it. Well, we've got a timeout to take. I think the Maryland Minutes next, Mike, if uh, my show log isn't uh, is correct. And uh, when we come back, we'll have uh, Pete Tritt, and you've got post time with Mike and Mike. Stick around. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Interested in learning more about racing under saddle? Now's your opportunity to attend a racing under saddle seminar May 15th at Windback Farms in Maryland. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., the fee is $10 and lunch is provided. Come learn more about the standard bread sport from active participants. It is an opportunity for people who are interested in racing under saddle to learn more about techniques and training. There will be demonstrations and riders will discuss the sport with seminar participants. If you have a standard brand that you plan to use for racing under saddle, you are welcome to bring the horse to the seminar. It is required to bring a riding helmet and safety vest. More details will be given upon RSVP. Please RSVP by May 6th. Email Clarissa Coughlin at clarissacoughlin at gmail.com. Once again, email Clarissa at clarissacoughlin at gmail.com. Directions to the farm will be provided upon receipt of RSVP. This Racing Under Saddle seminar is sponsored by Windback Farms and Friends of Maryland Standardbreds. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And coming up here in just a moment is Peter Tritton, the uh, trainer of a bit of a legend. And Mike, I tell you, bit of a legend has really uh, made a name for himself over the last uh, couple of races during the Levy. Uh, no question about it, and it's a monumental matchup coming up in the fifth and final leg of the uh, George Morton Levy, where uh, Biddable Legend's going to go one-on-one with uh, three-year-old superstar Wiggle and Jiggle it. and we're joined now by the trainer of Biddable Legend, Pete Tritton. Pete, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about this horse. Uh, give us a little bit of the backstory. How'd you get him? Um, he's always been a good horse. He got through the top grade in New Zealand, and... Um, there was three or four better than him over there at the time, racing over the distance and that. He's only a little horse, but I think he really appreciates Yonkers, and um, he's just a really good racehorse. He, um, he won the three and three-year-old, I think the two and three-year-old Breeders' Crowns in Australia. He took him over to Australia to race him a couple of times. He won both in Breeders' Crowns, so he's always been the real deal. He's just a lovely and a great racehorse, you know. We bought him. Now, Peter... was, um, I, I know the guy that trains him, and we were lucky enough to buy him. Now, Peter, uh, what made you come to the U.S. to kind of transition him uh, over to our program a little bit? Um, yeah, I just um, just bring him up nice and steady, and um, I thought he'd be a nice horse. I seen it. he was such a good gated horse and seemed to drive very straight. And, and um, the trainer had him back in New Zealand said how good a driving horse he is, which is always a big advantage at Yonkers, and he's a very handy horse, you know. I was a little bit worried that he was a stud, but um, he, he's no problem, so that, that's not a problem with him, yeah. He's just a lovely, lovely horse. 
Joined by trainer Pete Tritton of a bit of a legend who we'll see on Saturday night. He's uh, been undefeated so far in the George Morton Levy. Uh, How was the transition from overseas to the States? Did he uh, transition very smooth or did it take him a little bit of time to get acclimated? No, no, he was pretty good. He was in good order when he came. He must have traveled good because he'd been from New Zealand to Australia. So he'd he'd flown a couple of times to race over there. So um, he was probably used to the traveling, never lost any weight and, um, come around pretty quick really i take my time with him but he come around as quick as they come around you know he's never been a problem since i've had him he never got sick nothing like that now, peter he seems to be getting faster and faster as the uh, as the weeks have gone in the levy series coming up this week uh, against wiggle jiggle from last year, our from last year is there any concern at all or do you have any strategy of maybe uh, where you want to be positioned early on well, I, I guess Jordan will go forward a little bit and try and stay handy because, you know, it's very hard to win these races from back. Um, yeah, we don't want to kill the horse either because the finals come up the following week, but it doesn't seem to bother him. Uh, I'm lucky the driver looks after him real good, Jordan Stratton. He hasn't he hasn't pulled the plugs in this series yet, and, um, you, you know, he really looks after the horse. And um, we'll just take it as it comes with Wiggle and Jiggle. He's a very good horse, Wiggle and Jiggle, and... You know, George will have him ready. But um, we've got an advantage in the draw, which may help us, you know. So um, looking forward to it, actually. Certainly. Uh, any? Uh, have you thought beyond the Levy uh, a little bit uh, where, where a bit of a legend can go, or are you just kind of concentrating uh, right now, right here? Yeah, well, I'm concentrating. He'll go to Saratoga for that invite up there on the half up there, $250,000 race. He'll go to Harrington for that Quinlan if he's still healthy. And there's also a race up at um, Western Fair. I'm going to stick to the halves for a little while. I may take him to Poconos once or twice, but we'll race him We'll race him through the year. But, you know, I'll give him a couple of weeks break after the leave But he seems to thrive on racing. I'm not worried about that. And we, we haven't paid up for anything because we didn't know he was going to be this good. But if he gets through the next year, well, then we might pay up for a few of the better races. Now, Pete, uh, Pete, before we let you go, Pete, you've also got uh, a horse that's been a mare that's been doing fantastic in the blue chip matchmaker, Celebit. She's won two of her last three, and it looked like maybe she had some road trouble last time. Did she have some problems last week? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We had to let Andrevet go because she was parked, and um, Andrevet didn't go quite as good as we anticipated. So she come back on us a bit, and we just got broke loose too late. Now, I'm very happy with them. There's some good mares in there, but I think Celebit's as good as them. It'll it'll come down to the draw in the final. She's in the final now, and um, it'll just depend on the draw. If she draws good, she's as good as anything in the race, I'm sure. Well, maybe a couple couple of weeks from now, you can have a blue-chip matchmaker champion as well as a George Morton Levy champion. We certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck in these races and going forward. Okay, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Follow no it. problem. That was Pete Tritton, the uh, trainer of uh, not only Bit of a Legend, but the Celibate. And I'll tell you, you want horses peaking at the right time, Mike. And uh, it looks like these two horses are primed and ready for their respective finals coming up. Definitely. You know, he said that, you know, he wasn't too much because he wasn't sure what they were going to do. But hey, I think uh, they're just as surprised as anybody that these horses have done so far. 
No question. Well, we've got a break to take. When we come back, we're going to have the draw, speaking of the Levy. It's our uh, final contest to see if they can get into the finals. We're going to draw seven lucky names and the division. We're going to sign you a horse. If your horse wins, you get into the final. If you win the final, you win a set of Yannick Shingra colors. We'll do that after this. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Post time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, it was a lot of fun talking with Peter Periscope set up. He uh, provided a lot of good information and uh, some interesting facts about a bit of a legend. Yeah, certainly. Well, this horse was no slouch overseas, Mike. I mean, he won 20 of 63 in Australia, made over $800,000. And, you know, he's carved a little bit into his legendary status too overseas. He was almost, not quite, but almost the first horse to win three consecutive Australia-Asian, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, (laughs) Australasian, something like that, Breeders' Crown titles. In other words, to make it very simple, he kicked butt overseas, and he's made a fantastic fantastic transition to America, and he's kicking butt in the George Morton Levy, and what a great race that's going to be as he uh, squares off with Wiggle It Jiggle It coming up Saturday. Well, Mike, we're about to do the post position draw. For those of you watching on Periscope, welcome in. Mike and Mike Levy draws. My wife is calling, so we may have just went off the air for a second. Hold on one second. She's going to kill me for hitting the decline button, Mike, but we got to do what we got to do, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know, though. I don't know if you want to ignore the call from the wife. Yeah. So we're going to draw from the three divisions. There are three divisions of the George Morton Levy. Unfortunately, this week, Mike, we're only going to draw seven names. There's only seven right. posts to, uh, there's only seven posts. And the contest is over after this week. Um, we uh, unfortunately uh, were out of weeks, and the five winners will come back next week. We'll do a post position draw. Obviously, three horses will be uncovered uh, so long as we have a uh, uh, eight horse field. And Mike, I know everybody will be hoping that there's a five horse field because then you know what the Jingra colors are going. But uh, so here, here's what we're gonna do. My wife, she got me this three little tier thing for lunch. And so I'm going to use it because it's perfect for the contest. We're going to draw three things out. The first thing is going to be the division. Your lunch, Mike, isn't, in, is it? Your, your lunch is not in there, is it? No. Okay. The division is going to be race number six, the George Morton Levy, and it features foiled again. The uh, $7 million man foiled again. Mock it so. Do me that again. And uh, Luke and Hanover is in this group as well. So it's a wide open, wide open race, Mike. That's a, uh, that's a good sign. Certainly is. It's also a good sign to see uh, Foiled again. Foiled again took last week off. Hasn't really been racing uh, all that well, but it's good to see Foiled again back. That means he's healthy and uh, he draws the rail. So uh, we'll see if the 
Harness Racing's richest pacer can get his revenge in this uh, week in the Levy. Now, Mike, do you have a pen and a piece of paper ready? I do this time. All right. So drawing post number five is going to be Kyle Burton. Our buddy Kyle draws post five, Texican N, driver Jordan Stratton. And guess who it is, Mike? Peter Tritton. Texican uh, certainly in with a chance, and Jordan Stratton's been red, red hot. He's really making a name for himself this year, so we'll see if Kyle can uh, make it to the finals with post five. Post Luke and Hill, driver Brett Miller, trainer Andrew Harris. It will go to Mike Gallo. Mike Gallo gets post seven. Luke and Hanover, who who uh, four for six in 20, uh, 2016, Mike. That's uh, nothing to be slouchy about. No, Luke and Hanover was fantastic in the first couple of lengs of the Levy. Let's see if uh, he can do good things for Mr. Gallup. All right. Post three, do me that again. Daniel Dubay, trainer Renee Allard, goes to Vanessa Powell is back. Vanessa Powell uh, is in. No That's beautiful. You know, you know. by the way, trainer Renee Allard's only a couple of wins away from uh, 3,000 training wins, and that would make him the youngest trainer in history to do so because uh, he's under 30, I believe. Or No, no, I, excuse me. He'd be the quickest to get the 3,000 under 30. That's it. There we go. Well, uh, Gabe Pruitt just asked on uh, Twitter, can he have my chain? The answer is no, Gabe. It's mine. <laughs> All right. Post number one, Hoyland, driver Yannick Jingrod, trainer Ron Burke. And you're going to be winning uh, potentially a set of Yannick Jingrod colors, and it goes to Eric Nye. Nye in post one, foiled again. All right. You're right. Latch your detail out of the richest harness horse, so I don't think that's uh, too much of a concern, and hopefully uh, foiled again will race big for Eric. All right. Post six is next. Santa Fe Beach Boy, driver Jason Bartlett, trainer Richard Banca, and it goes to Amanda Jennings. Amanda Jennings gets posted. All right. The next name we're going to draw out of here. Post two, Mock It So, driver Tim Tietrich, Jeffrey Bamond Jr., uh-oh, Mike. This one is going to be very happy about this. You ready? Fire away. Our friend Garnett Barnsdale draws post two. Mock it so. Tim Tietrich, Jeff Bamman Jr. And Mike, he drew post eight a couple of weeks ago. And this week he draws post two. So not too shabby. I would. I think it's safe to say that at Yonkers that is a much more desirable post. All right. Well, we've got one going out on a loop. left. Yeah, we got one post position left, and it is a uh, Mike. We might have. Let's see here. Hey, uh, who drew post five, Mike? Kyle Burton. Kyle Burton. I'm sorry, you don't have Texican. You have Takawu. I got it wrong, Mike. Post five has been drawn already because All post right. four was still in the box. So post five goes to Takao. Luckily, I'm flipping these around so people can see what post I'm drawing. So uh, Kyle Burton gets Takao with George Brennan, Bob Breshnahan, and Mike Arnold gets post four with Texican. So he gets the red-hot Jordan Stratton here this week. All right. Well, thank you so much for that draw, Mr. Harvey. No, yeah. Gee, thanks.
<laughs> See, this is why we put these things on Periscope. Exactly. We all right. Well, anyway, so, so well, listen. Congratulations to all of our uh, all of our finalists. Uh, yeah, or I should say, would be. Well, congratulations to the finalists. And of course, if you're going to win this week, you'll be in the finals. And of course, the winner is going to win a set of Yannick Shingra colors. All the finalists will win a nice prize. So you're not going to come away empty-handed. But this is it, and we appreciate everybody that has joined us for the Levy contest. We've had a, a very, very uh, big interest, and we certainly appreciate everybody signing up. And stay tuned because, Mike, we're going to have a lot of contests coming up in the near future. Yeah, definitely. This was a huge success, and I, I you know, we we are so so thankful that uh, everybody uh, registered. We were at twenty to forty registrations every week, and uh, you know, Mike, it, it was a little bit of work, but you know what? Uh, it was just it was a lot of fun to do. No question about it. When we come back, we're going to have Harness Racing historian Freddie Hudson. He'll talk about the old days, Roosevelt Raceway. What a great place that was. you got post time with Mike and Mike. We'll be back in a moment. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. Post time with Mike and Mike. We certainly appreciate you joining us, as we always say on this Thursday. Uh, we're at the bottom of the hour, and we've got a very special guest at this time, harness racing historian, friend of harness racing, a guy that's done a lot for this business and this industry. Freddie Hudson joins us on the program. Freddie, we certainly appreciate you joining us, sir. Uh, thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here, and I really have to say you guys are doing an outstanding job. You guys are really, really stepping up to the plate and helping promote the sport, and you guys are just doing a great, great, great job. I love your show, and I love what you guys are doing. 
Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us and your checks in the mail. Uh, just don't uh, cash it because it might bounce a little bit. Listen, oh, I made another sixty cents. <laughs> there you go. You, you sent us a, a you sent us your backstory a little bit, and, and what a, a great read it was to see all the different things that you've done and, and how your family was involved in the industry. Why don't you share that with our listeners a little bit, Freddie? Well, you know, it, I started in the industry, you know, when I was a little kid. You know, my dad was um, one of the top drivers at Roosevelt and Yonkers from 1951 until he last raced 1977 or 78. And, you know, he remained, you know, he was in the top ten. It was a lot different back then. Um, They did have catch drivers back then. People people all think that the catch drivers came along just now. No. Catch drivers were back then, too. (laughs) But... It was a lot different because you raced in front of a large crowd. The fans came out. We had 20,000 during the week and 30, 40, and 50,000 on weekends if we if depended on the races. And the fans knew everyone, every, all of the drivers by names. Uh, hardest racing back then was more popular than baseball, basketball, and football uh, in the New York area. It, it was a great great time and the place was packed all the time i wish the guys racing today could experience that and share that experience i don't know if i worded that correctly but no no freddie uh you know going to the track you know a long time ago obviously is a lot different than you know going to the track now as far as fan base but tell us what it was like to, you know, to be in that fan base with all those people around, you know, cheering and just screaming their horse home. What was that environment like? It, it was it was fantastic, but you know, no nobody thought anything different of it at that time. We just thought that was normal. And so when you see that it's gone now, uh, it's sort of like, you know, what happened? You know, what do we do to bring this back? And so, you know, that's where I come in. Like, uh, I'm trying to promote the sport. I'm promoting the past to promote the present. Uh, you know, that's the motto of what I do. And, and that's that's and you're right, Freddie. That's one of the things that you know I think is a kind of a unique approach. Uh, a lot of with all this technology now. I mean, you've got the internet, and you've got Facebook, and you've got Twitter, and you've got social media. And we, you know, we talked to Chris Gooden a little bit earlier, and it's certainly good to see harness racing starting to utilize the social media. But you know, when you get back to it. You know, you get back to the roots. I mean, I got my start in the business when my dad took me to the racetrack. I never owned any horses. I never had any family in the business. But my dad took me as a strict fan, and he loved to play the horses, and he brought me, and I saw one horse race, and I fell in love, and I was hooked. And, you know, you just have to kind of every once in a while step back away from the digital world and take harness racing for what it is. It could be a terrific family experience. You could bring your kids, you know, to the races and they can have a good time. They could pet the horses. And, you know, that's something I think that, that may be missing here in 2016. Oh, you're hundred percent correct. You know, we all used to train at the tracks and, you know, your stables were at the tracks. Like a, a trainer, you, you, the race secretary gave you the stalls and those were the horses you were allowed to race at the track. Your horses, you didn't ship them to other tracks, only on rare occasions, but that was your stable that you raced at the track. You pretty much raced against everyone who was stabled at the track. You knew everyone. Uh, you could actually watch your competition horses train. They could watch yours train. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a lot different. The race secretaries had a lot more control back then. 
and the fans, uh, and what I was, what I, the direction I was going on that, on Saturday mornings, you never knew who was going to be there. Well, you would have celebrities all over the place. Ed Sullivan was uh, always always at the track. Uh, uh, I re- remember running into uh, old back then um, boxer um, George Foreman uh, coming off the track. He had these two big bodyguards next to him, and this little guy, and like uh, the little guy was George Foreman. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> And, uh, now, Freddie, tell, Freddie tell us a little yes. bit about uh, tell us a little bit about your website uh, that you've just created that uh, that kind of uh, it, I, I'm I'm really not sure how to say this, but immortalizes Roosevelt Raceway a little bit. Yes, uh, I I started I, I actually had a website up for about four years, the Roosevelt Raceway RR Trotting, and then when Facebook came along. I, I, it just became too much to manage both of them because I had the Roosevelt Raceway on Facebook and the Roosevelt Raceway on the website. So I basically just dropped the website. And then I started thinking, I just said, you know, it's time to bring the website back. Facebook's changed some of their rules and stuff like that. So it would be a lot easier to send people to the website. So I recreated the website about, hmm, about a month ago. And I decided to add different events that are going to be added to it. You're going to have um, the American Trident Championships going to be added, a page for that, the Challenge Cup, uh, maybe the Dexter Cup. I'm going to start putting different drivers in, and they'll be on a drop-down um, menu. But uh, Carmine was the first one. Um, I still haven't decided who the second one's going to be. Uh, I promised Teddy Wing that he'll be the third one. <laughs> are we still here, guys? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're listening. Give us oh, that yeah. website. No, I, I, I heard those listen. strange noises on my phone, and I was like, what, what's those? <laughs> <laughs> what, where, where can we find that website, Freddie? com. All right. We urge everybody to visit it because, uh, it, you know, it's it's a big thing. It's going to be a big thing. I think that racing in the present day of 2016 can learn a lot from racing back then. And why the heck wouldn't we want to learn from back then, Freddie? Because that's when we filled the stands. We had 20, 30, 40,000 people on the weekends, not only on the East Coast, but tracks across the country. I mean, Chicago used to be full. Hazel Park, where I worked at for 10 years, used yep. to get 20 to 30,000 people. They used to uh, be parking all over the place. It was a traffic nightmare. You couldn't get around the place it was so popular um freddie before we let you go and uh, i'm not really sure there's even an answer to this question but i'm going to throw it at you anyway what can harness racing in 2016 learn from harness racing of the 50s and 60s and 70s promote promote get back to promoting the sport promote the stars promote them not internally externally we put we are great at promoting internally we need to promote externally. That's how we're going to bring the fans in, and that's what I try to do. We, we are great at – it's sort of like the preacher preaching to the choir. Great. we got to go out to the, to the real world, and we got to bring the real world people in. One of the things I've always said is that – and this is unfortunate, but it can be fortunate at the same time – is that harness racing has fallen so far off the map that in some ways – it could be introdu- reintroduced as something brand new to a lot of these people. True. Uh, you know, harness racing has fallen out you know, multiple times. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and it's come back. It's a great sport. Uh, excited. And it needs to be promoted. It, we really need to get off our butts and promote the sport. And you guys are doing it. Uh, and, and I 
you know, I congratulate you, and I just say, great job. But there are so many other people that are promoting inside the sport and not going out for the external market. The external market's harder to go for. The internal market, everyone oh, what a great job you're doing. The external market, you get a little resistance. Uh, but that's where we're going to bring the new fans in, and that's what we need to do. Freddie, one more time for anybody that may have missed it, the website, one more time. rrtrotten.com. It's very similar to the U.S. Trident, except RR instead of U.S. rrtrotten.com. Very easy to remember. Freddie, we certainly appreciate you joining us. We urge each and every one of you out there to visit that website and look back into the uh, rich past of the sport of harness racing. Freddie, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Okay, thanks a lot, guys, and you keep up the great work. Thank you so much. That was uh, our good friend, Freddie Hudson. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Mike, at Hazel Park, in my office, and I wanted to take the picture so bad. I really, really did. But uh, in my old office at Hazel Park, there was this photo. I used to look at it every day. And it was the picture of the horses thundering down the stretch and uh, about twenty-five to 30,000 fans in that gargantuan grandstand, that old grandstand at Hazel Park. And, uh, you know, you just uh, – every day I, I, I walked in my office, I looked – at that photo, and every day I ask myself, what can we do to bring that back? Yeah, definitely. And uh, Freddie had some great ideas, but I'll tell you, Mike, he's got some uh, uh, great aspirations, uh, especially with the website that he's come up with. And uh, it's a lot of fun to go back to the Roosevelt Raceway days and just kind of look around. And for people like me who never got to witness Roosevelt Raceway, uh, it's nice to have. No question about it. But we come back, we've got trainer Eric L. He'll be joining us on the program. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired Standard Breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Everybody joining us on this Thursday night. Still plenty left on the program. Eric L is going to be joining us here in just a second. Uh, the fantastic uh, trainer of JL Cruz and uh, a couple of other good horses. We'll talk to Eric about that. Also, uh, we're going to be previewing the George Morton Levy and the Blue Chip Matchmaker, the final legs before the finals uh, coming up. And uh, we'll talk about all the action Saturday at Yonkers. But first, Eric L joins the program. Eric, how goes it? It goes good, Mike. How are you doing, buddy? Certainly appreciate you joining us. Listen, J.L. Cruz, the 2015 Older Horse of the Year, has had a couple of starts, and it looks like he's raring to go here for the 2016 uh, meet. Your thoughts on his first couple of starts? 
he came back real good, Mike. He really did. Um, a couple ailments that he had last year, I had to touch up again, and I think they're probably going to be with him all of this year as well. It was just uh, I was hoping he would develop more at five, and we wouldn't have many issues. But uh, <clears throat> he's a hard-hitting racehorse to tries, and and uh, he came back real good. In the first two starts, I was really happy with. Uh, Campbell said uh, his last start at Dover. Uh, he didn't like that track real well, and I said, was it the turns? And he said, no, the turns, he was fine. Just didn't like the uh, footing of the track. I think he was slipping a little bit. Probably need a little bit more boring or something for there. But uh, So he's, he's come back good. Now, Eric, you, he posted a 149 and 4 mile. How fast is this horse? He just he seems to just have a ton of uh, speed in him. Where does he get that speed from? I have no idea. Uh, great the guy that we ended up with him. I tell you, he, uh, you know, we bought him from Harrisburg, and everybody goes there looking for the diamond in the rough. And uh, you know, usually most of the time you're buying other people's problems. But uh, we were looking for just a horse that we could plug into Dover and start him in some some low non-winter races and work his way up. And we put in a couple series at the Meadowlands in case he turned out to be something, and uh, he really did blossom into something. He he kept getting braver and braver with every every win, you know. And he uh, he's a big strappy trotter, and uh, and he's and he's gifted with speed on top of that. So he gets over the ground real well, and uh, and has speed to go along with it. So now, how much did you get him for? Uh, we gave thirty seven. Wow, that's not too shabby for what J.L. Cruz has accomplished. Every once in a while, you get that diamond in the rough, Eric. At what point? You, you, okay, you get the horns for thirty-seven thousand. He races a couple of times. At what point did you say to yourself, "Wow, we might have something here"? Uh, you know, when I first trained him, Mike, uh, he doesn't—he doesn't train well at all on my farm. He doesn't like turns. I have a half-mile racetrack, and when I tried to train him the first few times, he just made a break in every turn. I, I said, "What in the world?" And then uh, he—you know—he to beat his thirty-day rule. Uh, I just kind of I, I tra- trained him the opposite way to racetrack, and I could train him, you know, the jogging way, and and I could get him to train a mile in like 40 or so, and keep him flat, and and then I plugged him in at Dover just to beat the 30 day rule, and uh, <clears throat> I think the first start he had the eight hole, and uh, he went a huge mile. I mean, he just uh, I knew right then he was something kind of special because yeah, he was part most of the mile and and won with ease. Uh, and I knew right then, I said, yeah, this horse could really be something because I wasn't able to get much work into him. I didn't get much of a mile into him, and and uh, he went a big trip. So uh, we raced him a couple times at Dover there, and then we uh, started our series at the Meadowlands, and the big track really helped. And he just kept getting braver. You know, he, he loves the big track, and uh, and he's, he's just unbelievable. Now, Eric, he came through the New York Sire Stakes program uh, under trainer Judith Lanfair, and I'll tell you, he's really come a long way since then. What's his 2016 kind of looking like uh, out down the road? Uh, we've got him staked for several things. We tried to keep him on, on the big track as much as we could. Uh, I'm aiming him for the elite lot, and that's on May 8th, on Mother's Day at the Meadowlands. Um so I'm going to race him. Uh, actually, he's going to go Friday at the Meadowlands. I'm going to race him uh, this Friday. I want to give him a week off. And then I'm going to race him the following Friday. And then the Elite Lop is nine days after that. That's the schedule that I have. And after the Elite Lop, 
the Maxi Lee is on the 29th. If we're invited to that, that's by invitation only. Um, so that's calendar. We've got him marked on the calendar for that. Um, and then we go into June. I've got the Cutler. That's at the Meadowlands. Uh, that's pretty much all I have in, in uh, June. And then August, I've got the Cashman uh, at the Meadowlands. And then um, what else in August? We have the Crawford. That's at Vernon Downs. And, uh, and then we got some stuff later in the year. In September, we got the Maple Leaf Trot, which we weren't real good in that last year, but it was not his fault. He just uh, he picked up a virus, before I think, before I took him up there. Uh, the first start in that Maple Leaf, he uh, got the thumps pretty good on me, and I thought maybe it was dehydration from shipping up there and a new environment, didn't drink real well, and so we uh, did a bunch of work to him and did some vet work to him, and we we raced him in the final. He was even worse in the final. Uh, so then uh, John said it's something internal. He said soundness-wise, he was as good as he's been all year. So uh, I made an appointment with New Bolton, and I took him to New Bolton, and we put him on the treadmill. And the treadmill showed um, that uh, he was uh, he was only getting 60% of his oxygen intake and that he had one valve of his heart that wasn't working right. So uh, they contributed to a bad virus, and they thought the time would heal it all. So we gave him three months off and uh, just came back with him, nursed him back, and he seems as good as he was last year. But time will tell. When he starts hitting these, these better trotters again, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we're in with Shaky Carey on Friday, and, you know, she's a world champion herself. It's made over $2 million. So to do that, you know, you, you beat some nice horses. So we'll see what, what Friday brings, and we'll take it step by step. All right. Eric L., the trainer of 2015 Older Trotter of the Year, J.L. Cruz, a fantastic year last year, and he started his 2016 campaign tremendous. He's got a big matchup coming up against Shaky Carey this Friday at the Meadowlands. Eric, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And, oh, by the way, we before we let you go, we better give a shout-out to the owners. We better give a shout-out to Ken Wood, Bill Dittmar, and Steve Iaquinta because uh, it sounds like they've been tremendous owners for you. Oh, they have. They, You know, they they don't hesitate to buy one, that's for sure. Um, we've had a lot of luck at Harrisburg, and uh, and they keep it rolling. They keep, if they make some money, they'll send it back. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks to them. No question. Eric, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck on Friday and throughout the year. All right, Mike. Thank you very much. All right, that was Eric L., the uh, trainer of uh, J.L. Cruz, fantastic trotter. He's looked very good in his first couple of starts. Big matchup coming up on Friday, Mike, is uh, Shake It Carry, you know, a multiple Dan Patch award-winning mayor, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, them two clash uh, coming up. It definitely will, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how uh, he does in the Elite Lap preview at the Meadowlands because if he can win that race, Mike, and go over to the Elite Lap, I think it'll be uh, – It'll be an interesting thing to see J.L. Cruz over. Yeah, certainly. And, and I got to tell you, Mike, I feel a sore throat coming on for that week of the Elite Lab, just to let you know in advance. Um, so <laughs> anyway, we've got uh, more on post time with Mike and Mike. We're still going to uh, take a look at the George Morton Levy, the blue chip matchmaker. The blue chip matchmaker is down to two layer, two divisions. And uh, we've got three divisions of the George Morton Levy. So we're going to take a look at those races, and then we'll call it a night. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. We'll be right back. 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. to post time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I'll tell you, it's been a lot of fun talking with uh, Eric L. and Peter Tritton about their horses uh, coming up. And I'm excited to see where J.L. Cruz can go from here. Well, I'll tell you, he, you know, you ask a lot of these guys about uh, roadmaps for 2016 uh, with their good horses, and a lot of them will give you maybe a race or two they're, they're, they're thinking of, but I'll tell you, Eric's got it mapped out. He, he kind of surprised me. He's got it mapped out all the way to the end, and uh, why not? When you've got a trotter like J.L. Cruz, who's just been so good, they only got him for uh, just over $35,000. I mean, you got a trotter like that that's so, so good. Uh, I, I guess you look down the road a little bit, and uh, I'll tell you, his, uh, 20, his beginning of 2016 has certainly been great, and, and we'll uh, certainly be keeping an eye on him as the year progresses. All right, Mike. Well, let's take a look at the Yonkers program coming up on this Friday and Saturday. And as many of you know or don't know, I'm in the Hannah Handicapping Contest, and Mike, I'm currently sitting in last place. It's uh, it's a little depressing, I'm not going to lie, but we're playing for our good friends, uh, new vocations. And, you know, listen, if anybody listening has a selection in any Grand Circuit race that they want to give me as a possible tip, it would be nice because I'm sitting in last, and Mike, it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you know, listen, uh, I hope Winnie Morgan Nemeth don't uh, take it against you. I hope she don't cancel her her sponsorship of the show over this. But uh, (laughs) listen, uh, you know what? You last from first. I've seen it happen before. Uh, You see it happen every day in racing. It's not how you start, it's how you finish, and hopefully that's the case here uh, coming up. But uh, we're down to two divisions, Mike, in the uh, blue-chip matchmaker. And uh, Celibate, who we talked about with trainer Pete Tritton, is in that very first division. And you heard Pete, he had some road trouble when Andrebeck cleared there and got taken back a little bit. Finished third, uh, still closed with some pace, 28-1 once he got clear. And uh, once again has post position number four. Was bet down to 30 cents on the dollar uh, in her last start. But, boy, she's facing some tough, tough foes. you got a Burkhorse from the one hole in Cinnamon. You've got the uh, Warhorse Crispy Apple from the inside. She won last time out. You've got Lady Shadow, who's got very, very persistent speed. She'll be leaving from post five for the Green Callahan connection. So, uh, and Carol's Ideal, who won last week as well. So this is a very, very uh, tough division, Mike. Yeah, there's no slouch in this field at all. And, of course, you got Chris Apple, who uh, Frank Drucker said a couple of weeks ago that he thought would be doing better in this series. And I got to say I have to agree with him, Mike. I've been kind of disappointed with Chris Apple's uh, performances. Now, granted, she won a neck last time out in 151-4. and four. 
two to one seems a little bit light on her. She's been uh, odds on as far as the morning line goes the last couple of weeks. And I have to disagree as far as uh, disagree with that. I think Crispy Apple, even though she's opposed to it, it's going to be a little bit tough. But the one horse that I'm watching in this race is the Cinnamony uh, from the rail. Mike, you don't know what kind of things are going to happen from the rail. And you don't know if the track's going to be speed favoring, if it's going to be closing. A couple of weeks ago, it was uh, horses that were closing off the pace. Uh, Lady Shadow is one that can show speed. And I think if you can get 7-2 to two on Lady Shadow, you're going to be in great shape. Well, yeah, Crispy Apple was able to get the trip behind her to beat her last time, and uh, if Crispy Apple can work out the same trip, then that could be the same result here. But, but uh, like I said, you've got Celibate that can show speed as well. It's going to be a very, very interesting affair. And here's the deal: Lady Shadow's got that persistent speed, and I've always thought, and I've always stuck to a mantra that I think is done pretty well. When you have outside persistent speed inside closers do very very well as a little bit of a rule something i've noticed so we'll see uh if that uh plays out here in this one but uh yeah i agree i, I crispy apple i think if she could work out a similar trip it'd be good but if lady shadow gets any resistance uh you know you could get one of these inside closes and the, the two inside closes that look the the most inviting are cinnamon and carol's ideal mike my um i'm pulling up the email here so i make sure that i have it correct my selections in this race went to celibate, though. I think celibates can have the, uh, you know, the post is a little bit tough, but it's not completely or outright uh, horrible, if you ask me. And the red-hot George Stratton, how can you go against Jordan Stratton? Um, he took back last week or into the pocket and just kind of tired off, but he had some trouble, as the notes say. The is can celibate get a better trip this week and i think four to one is a very very good well like the newbies say hey it's jordan's world right now and we're living and it will see what happens the second division of the blue chip matchmakers in race seven and uh, another wide open affair if you ask me a field debate perhaps the best horse in the race venus delight is drawing way to the outside but you've got you're gonna kiss me or not renee lard we talked about his milestone that he's approaching uh is the trainer for driver danielle dubay mock it apart i think proved that that 39 to one win wasn't a fluke because she's been there she's probably lost by a combined length and a half in her next three races so i think she's a a big uh, factor and you know for the ladies this is a horse mike should ask Pete Tritton about this horse, but this is a horse that has a real good late kick every once in a while. I mean, this horse will close like gangbusters, disappear for the next three to four weeks, and when everybody kind of uh, gets off her, she'll do it again. So this is a horse that if, you know, if things work out front, you know, you're going to get the double-digit odds, maybe take a chance on her. You know you know what's interesting, Mike? It, it, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but you're going to kiss me or not the post position draws in the blue chip matchmaker series i mean it, it's unreal that you get a kiss me or not has drawn no worse than post two in every race and both times that she won she won from post two that's part of the reason that i selected her in this race for the hannah contest very very precise and it's now by the way mike i gotta say this um Tim Tietrich's driving the seven here, Regal Electra. I don't know if she's got much of a chance from that outside post position in this field. But I have to say, 
that in you know I've never really done this too much where you watch drivers and you see when they get on rolls and you see because they're like athletes Mike I mean you've got if you go to if you watch baseball I mean hitters getting slumps hitters getting hot streaks you know football quarterbacks getting slumps quarterbacks getting hot streaks and that's the same thing with drivers and I gotta tell you Tim Tetrick over the last couple of weeks has been driving on fire. It may not necessarily show in his wins, but just by his drives. And we get Tim on the show in the next couple of weeks and I'll ask him what's going on. But there was a drive today, Mike, that uh, he was in the second tier. When's the last time you saw a second tier horse start behind post number five? A long time ago. Where, where, yeah, where did you see that? Well, this was here at Harris, race number uh, race number eight. Usually a nine-horse field in that Superfecta race, the second leg of the pick four. Tim Tietrich starts his charge behind post five. It works out good, is able to get a spot four, got around the slow-starting inner horses. The one and two both did not get off very well. And uh, then from that point, went first over, had a breakaway leader past the half. Tim was able to guide this horse into the pocket, draft, and was able to get up the inside. It was uh, – one of the best drives I've seen in quite a while, Mike, and and I've noticed Tim Tietrich has been really putting it together as of late. So I don't know if that uh, transpires uh, anything to Regal Electra's chances in the second leg, but just saying that, uh, you know, Tim's gearing up for stake season, buddy, and he's really, really seeing it well right now. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be this is going to be another fight to watch. Of course, you got skipping by at the rail for driver Yannick Jingra and trainer Ron Burke, and Burke got very lucky. He drew post one in both divisions. Uh, of course, like you mentioned earlier, Mock at a par. Galley by the Beach has been a horse that's been really disappointing to me this year. Made 148000 I thought for sure that Galley by the Beach would at least be hitting the board at least a little bit more than this. One mare you don't see in these two races is Androvet. You can't miss, uh, can't miss Androvet here. No question about it. You know, Galley by the Beach has been one of the horses. Uh, she raced a lot at Harris Philadelphia last year, and she's on again, off again. I mean, you know, she'll put, she'll string together a real nice couple races, and uh, you know, her odds will go down, and she'll start struggling for a bit. Then she gets back into form. So, you know, she's on again, off again. So uh, we'll see what her performance looks like. But yeah, certainly uh, no Andrevet. Uh, you know, one of the best pacing mares uh, of all time, of all time, uh, not being in this series. It's certainly uh, in this leg, rather, it certainly misses something, no doubt. All right, Mike, let's talk about our Saturday races. It's the George Wharton Levy going free for all fifth preliminary leg. It's the first division of this. And Mike, you've got PH Supercam in race number five here, who has really looked sharp, uh, over the uh has really been getting better i say look sharp it's been getting better over the past couple of weeks come close home to a 26 and 4 last quarter off a 151 and 4 mile has not been drawing the best and my ph super cam was my selection in the show or in the contest because th- this seems like one of the uh in my opinion one of the weaker divisions but you, you can't count out uh let us rock them a from post two who i never heard, really heard much until uh until this series I kind of liked him a couple of starts back from post seven. I kind of thought that that uh, the speed may break down there in Santa Fe Beach Boy in that race. A couple of starts back was a getaway uh, front stepper. And then his horse steps forward, finishes a good closing second, the bit of a legend last time. Uh, now draws the inside. Uh, Brian Sears returns that second-time driver angle. A lot of people like to go first-time driver. I like to go second-time driver a lot more than first-time driver, especially when you got a guy of the caliber of Brian Sears who gets a trip over the track with a, with, with a racehorse of this caliber and 
I think, too, Lettuce Rock Dems certainly uh, deserves this two-to-one billing. I think he's got a big chance. PH Supercam, you said he's been getting better. I think you have to throw that race out two starts back. A tough first over trip after being used into a 26-4 and four quarter against the likes of Bit of a Legend, and that was the race for Bit of a Legend, one from post eight, so they just all came from the back there. Um, and a good second last time to wiggle it, jiggle it when they kind of ignored him at 24-1. to one. Gets the move inside from 4-1. to one. I think you could be seeing 1-2-2-1. Two, two, I think the only precursor to that, Mike, is a couple of different angles in this race first all bets off probably going to show speed from post three and secondly you got first time tim tietrick on Melmurby beach we just talked about how tim's driving uh has been over the last couple of weeks uh he's really really uh you know starting to see it out there on the racetrack so to speak um but uh Melmurby beach is a horse that can put together a late kick and maybe uh first time tim tietrick could uh, help him get across at maybe double digit odds you know the one thing about Melmurby beach is the fact that uh he has not had a regular driver driving over the past, you know, seven or eight starts. It's kind of uh, interesting to see that, you know, Jason Bartlett's been on him, Daniel Dubay, uh, Mark McDonald, uh, Brent Holland, a lot of these guys, Jason Bartland opting to PH Supercam, who he's been driving every week for trader Jeffrey Bamman Jr. So who knows, maybe Mel Murmy Beach could show up at a uh, price for driver Tim Tietrich. And if you want proof of the second-time driver angle, look what happened second time. Mark McDonald's on Melmurby Beach. Boom, scores 12-1 to 1 over uh, foiled again in that particular race. Listen, Melmurby Beach is a horse. If things go his way, he's got a big shot. If things don't, then he's going to have some problems. I think he's going to have a little pace to run at. Maybe all bets off will secure it. Maybe PH Supercam and, and let us rock them. will battle from the inside. I do think the two will probably be a little bit more aggressive off the gate here this time. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, five can draft behind four. Tim Teacher gets uh, a little bit of extra pace out of him, and boom, we've got ourselves a double-digit winner, Mike. Easy as that, right? <laughs> that, that's right. In theory, it sounds great, doesn't it? You know, only, if, only we could, uh, if only we could make it that way. We're going to go to race six, the second division of the George Morton Levy series, and foiled again is back after taking a week off. And Mikey draws post one. It's the best that he's drawn uh, since this series began. You've got, excuse me, you've got Mocket. So do me that again. This is a very, very tough field. Santa Fe Beach Boy gets an unlucky draw to the outside. And that is a little bit of a worry to me because he normally shows speed. He's not a big horse that likes to close from off the pace. He tried to close last week off a first over trip and closed home in 28 and three off a 152 and three mile. I just don't see uh, Santa Fe Cowboy, or excuse me, Santa Fe Beach Boy getting there. Luke in Hanover is an interesting, uh, is going to be an interesting play from the outside. But Mike, I, I, I can't see Brett Miller uh, going to the top. No, this is this is going to be a real interesting race, and uh, I think one of the dark horses in this race is uh, uh, T. Kowal from Post 5. You know, this horse had a perfect trip last time, just missed the market. So, but uh, what you have to remember is this is only this horse's fourth start here in the States, so still getting acclimated, uh, and I think uh, we have yet to see the best from this horse. George Brennan, for the first time, will be driving number five T. Kowal, so that'll certainly be a very, very interesting uh, angle into this race. Market so looked good in victory last week. Probably will be on or near the front end again. You've got the, you know, foiled again from the rail, the richest pacer. I, I do agree with you. I don't know, you know, about Santa Fe Beach Boy or Luke and Hannibal. I'd have to assume one of them will leave in this spot. And if that's the case, that could set up for a closer if there's a battle up top. So this is wide open, Mike. I'm going to uh, try a price here with the five. 
Yeah, that, that's the way to do it. You know, I've picked this horse every single week, and this week I didn't pick him, and I'm going with Foiled again. I think Foiled again's got at least a shot to hit the board. Four to one is a little bit of a light price, though. I, I can't say that I would take Foiled again at anything less than five to one, but Mike, when he wins, normally here lately, he's been winning at big prices. Well, certainly. It's like one of those things, you know, you, and basically he's the ageless warhorse. You look at the horse, you think, oh boy, you know, this could be it. He uh, could be tailing off and then boom, he surprises you. Foiled again has been knocked down so many times and so many times he has gotten back up. And if he's going to get up, Mike, and make a dent in this series, it's going to be from this spot. Right. Well, the third division of the George Morton Levy series features our man Wiggle It Jiggle It. And Wiggle It Jiggle It draws post seven, but Bit of a Legend draws post four. This is the matchup I think we've all been waiting for. And Mike, I think Bit of a Legend's got a little bit of an advantage here. Well, certainly because of the post, post four to post seven. But uh, listen, this is going to be very, very interesting. Wiggle it, jiggle it. Can he overcome post seven? I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think the race from post seven, two starts back, where this horse uh, kind of left and had to take back and no outer flow developed. He had to do all that work on his own. Came a flying second, but by that time, all bets off had already put the race away. Are we going to see that particular race? Or are we going to see Wiggle It, Jiggle It blasting off the gate and throwing caution to the wind? I don't know what we're going to see, but all I do know is that this is a super, super horse making his third start off of a qualifier. And, uh, you know, hey, nobody really knows if he needed those first couple of races. And this horse uh, can continue to get better and better. The chance for improvement is there. And I'll tell you what, if this horse steps forward, Mike, I don't care if he's out in post 18, this race is over. But, uh, you know, a bit of a Legend has been super, has been great. It's a great, great matchup. Uh, Pete Tritton's such a great guy. And you know what? Listen, he's got a fantastic course here. And uh, this is going to be a great, great matchup. One of those races, Mike, where I just want to watch. Yeah, definitely. I picked a bit of a legend in uh, in the contest, and that's because I'm looking for a little bit of a price. You know, and a lot of people are going to listen to this and go two to one. That's not a price, but you know, Mike, I think that's going to be better than uh, you know one to nine or three to five is what you're going to get probably on Wiggle and Jiglet. Yeah, it could be. And then your buddy, Phil, your boots is in here. You've been mentioning him every week, but now you get the star power, a bit of a legend, a wiggle, a jiggle, and I think he takes a step back a little bit. But listen, this is one of those races. I don't even want to go out on the limb. I don't want to make a prediction because it's going to be fun to watch and really it's all going to depend, and I know we say this all the time, no matter if it's a stakes race or a claim or whatever, but it all depends on how the race, race shapes out, but that's true. That's definitely the truth here. It all depends on how the race shapes out. Will Wiggle be leaving? We don't know. What's a uh, bit of a legend going to do? He can race better from on. He races well from on or off the pace. I guess if, if, if really I was a wagering guy, Mike, I would say maybe put bit of a legend on top with some long shots second and maybe put Wiggle and Jiggle on top with some long shots second and hope they don't run together. But the odds are pretty high that one of them is going to win. That'd be the strategy I'm going to take, but I'll take the strategy of being a racing fan and watching this great matchup. Well, I'll tell you, Mike, I picked Wakazashi Hanover over Wiggle It Jiggle It in the Pepsi North America Cup and got $30 for an exacto. So I got I to gotta think that uh, you know a $10 straight exacto, bit of a legend on top of Wiggle It Jiggle It is going to be the way to go here for me. And uh, it's definitely going to be a fun race to watch. I didn't even see. Is there show wagering? There is no place and no show wagering.
No place wagering either. Wow. Okay, well, that's going to be a great matchup. That's coming up on Saturday. J.L. Cruz versus Shankett Carey on Friday. So the weekend of racing is jam-packed. Get out to a racetrack near you. Uh, if you can't make it live, watch it. Listen, you got to do something to watch it because this is going to be a great 2016, and all these great horses are starting to make their comeback. Well, Mike, uh, we've had a fantastic show. We want to uh, thank our guest, Chris Gooden. Uh, the Meadows photographer for joining us, Freddie Hudson, taking us back in the Wayback Machine. It was a fun conversation with Freddie. And, of course, our two trainers, Eric L., giving us the roadmap for J.L. Cruz in the 2016 campaign. And trainer Pete Tritton talking about not only his great horse, bit of a legend that we just talked about, but his mare, a celibate, as uh, she tries to uh, make it uh, and get it done in the blue chip matchmaker. We should have had Drucker on. I was wondering maybe, Mike. Has there has that ever been done before? Has the same trainer ever won both the blue chip matchmaker and the uh, the George Morton Levy? The same trainer. That's a, that's an interesting thing. I, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll have Frank on next week, and we'll try to uh, dissect and get into the history of both these races. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate everybody joining us. Mike, do you have anything else? Oh, that's all I got, buddy. All right. Well, on behalf of Mike Carter and all of our sponsors, uh, we appreciate all of our guests. And most importantly, we appreciate you for listening. Thank you so much. Don't forget, next week, Thursday, it'll be the George Morton Levy Finals. We'll be drawing. No. Yeah, we will be drawing because you still have to have. We'll be drawing the finals. Yeah, that's right. We'll be drawing the finals. Five lucky contestants will be duking it out for a set of Yannick Shingra colors. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us. Don't forget to join us next week, Thursday, with the first post of seven. PM. Good night, everybody.